Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you today. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life. I'm sitting here with my good friend Donna Smith-Hetzler and producer David. And Angie's not, she's she's out gallivanting and, and we're we're not substituting for her because Angie is unsubstitutable. I like that word, I do Donna. too. I, I do really too. We've do. coined I, that now. Yeah, <laughs> we have. And I, I like that, unsubstitutable. Yes. Okay, so when you look in the dictionary under the word <laughs> unsubstitutable, it will have a picture of Angie Austin. There you I'm go. I'm just saying. <laughs> So welcome to the broadcast today. We really thank y'all for just take, taking the time to listen and and to to hear some good news. And, and we've got a couple of good news stories. And um, later on in the segment, we're going to introduce uh, interview this young lady, Kelly Barari. Barari, yep. Barari. And she is the author of Fear Fighting, Awakening Courage to Overcome Your Fears. Now, how many of y'all have some fear that's going on in your life? I'm raising my hand right now. Okay, you can say that because every day that we get up, there's something yes. that's it's it's equipped and it's it's created to keep us in that place of fear so that we won't go to where God wants us to be at in life. And we've got to stop that. But you know, before we before we start talking to, to Kelly, I, we got a couple of good news stories. Well, and I have Kelly on the line. Sorry, I have Kelly on the line already, so I thought oh, maybe yay. she should be part of the conversation right. too since she's yes. already here. Kelly can Hi, join us. Kelly, how you doing? Doing well, thank you. How are you? Good. You just sound so cheery. I, I can't wait to talk more um, to you about your book today because you're talking about fear fighting, awakening courage to overcome your fears. Do you know how many people there are out there, girl, that has some kind of fear, some form of fear that's going on in their lives that and it just holds them back from being all that God has called them to be? It is an epidemic. You know, we all struggle with fear. It shows up as worry or anxiety or just a concern, but fear is all over us all the time. We have to be equipped and know how to deal with it. Amen. And what, why did you write this book? You know, I just took a look at myself, and it was a hard look. It was a painful look. You know, my husband talked to me um, over my birthday. He said, Kelly, you have tried everything, but what are you really going to do with your life? What are you going to make of your life? And it's one of those moments where you didn't know Whoa, whether you were supposed to get yeah. in or, like, start crying at the table. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I kind of took it to heart, and I said, you know what? The reality is I'm so afraid I'm getting nowhere. Hmm. I am so worried that I am just literally running on my own hamster wheel and staying stuck. And I am so trepidating that I'm not really living a life that's dedicated to God. And mm. it was a hard reality, and that's why I wrote this book. I wrote this book because I needed God's help, and God is, is our Redeemer and our Savior, and yes. I needed Him to save me first. Yes, yes. Now, I, I have to ask you this question, and I, I'm going to ask it for a reason, because, see, I'm 58 years old. How old are you? 
Oh, gosh, 39. Next time okay. we'll be 40. Ah. Okay, <laughs> now, yeah, 40, uh-huh, <laughs> I hear you. But just think about this. As a matter of fact, I'm 587 days from 60, oh, okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm oh. counting to 60 because there's things that I want to do, but fear has held me back. That's right. Now, what held you back from keep from doing the things that you knew that God had called you to do at this season in your life? And then, you know, it was like, well, I, I want to do it, God, but... I, 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 You hear those <laughs> eyes. Those eyes are like, I, I, I just can't. Uh, uh, Mama and them never had it. Daddy and them never had it. As a matter of fact, they told me I would never be anything. What were those things that held you back, Kelly? Well, first of all, let me tell you, you're going to be 60 and fabulous. That yes. I, I can already tell <laughs> you that that is coming. Okay. <laughs> Second of all, you know what? I think I've lived my life on a stage or like in a stadium where I felt like there's like this fan club that's watching. There's these onlookers that are all around me. And like, if I flub up a move, if I in my knee, if I don't do it just right, oop, they are going to be all over me. They're going to mm. notice it. They're going to laugh at me. I'm going to be standing there naked and vulnerable, and my whole mm. life is going to be over. And it's that kind of thinking, that kind of fear of failure and performance anxiety and worries that sound like I can't. There's no way. I've always messed up. I'll always do this. I'm no better than um, I appear. Those kinds of thoughts that kept me right where I was. Amen. And that's the fear of perfection, too, because yeah. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. I'm trying to break through that. But I always want to excel for me. I want to because I find that if I do things right, um, if I do them perfectly, beyond perfectly, that somehow it makes my worth. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's just a lie. So we can't live in that fear of perfectionism either. And it sounds like that's a lot of what you were struggling with as well. Amen. And, and yeah. Kelly, now I, I, wanna, okay. I, I, want, I want you to think about this question and then we're going to listen to a, a good news story. I want you to think about this. When your husband approached you and said, what are you going to do? I, I want you to be transparent when we come back after this um, good news story, because somebody needs to hear what you're about to say when your husband confronted you and said, look at him. OK, you need to do something. Okay, because that that's basically what he said. But I want you to think about that and think about your response. And we're going to listen to this first um, good news story about a gentleman who purchased a, a stranger, bought a plane ticket for a 19 year old veteran. Hmm. What's up, buddy? No one expected these homecoming hugs from this 19 year old soldier. Keaton Tilson, who's in the Army, surprised his family over the Memorial Day holiday weekend. But it wasn't easy to make this moment happen. A stranger paid more than 370 bucks for his plane ticket from Dallas to St. Louis. He's like, somebody just bought my ticket and his voice was shaky. He was a little choked up and I was getting there too. And um, it was just, the feeling was unreal. Keaton's mom says he just got permission for time off the night before. He was placed on standby and told he wasn't likely to fly out that day. Passenger Josh Rainey was waiting to board one of the flights and saw his frustration, which is when he decided to buy Keaton a seat. I knew what I had to do, but I I wanted to call my wife to make sure that it really was the right thing, and and she definitely gave me the the urging to, uh, to do the right things. Josh hopes this encourages others to do the same thing. 
people get anything from this. I hope it's just that uh, they recognize that people in uniform, uh, even though it's their job to help and serve others, they sometimes need help too. Paying it forward so this man could go home. That's just mm -mm. so awesome. Yes. You know, I, I just, well, you know, being military and um, being a veteran now, I, I look back at, at these kids that's still serving. And, you know, it's so good to know that we live in a country where we actually appreciate Absolutely. Yes, because we don't live in that type of an environment or yeah. feel, you know, it's it's a give or a take mm -hmm. rather than a give. And so to appreciate yes. our men and women who are serving is so important. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and you know, um, when you think about it, our, our guest today um, during this segment, Kelly Bellari, um, she's serving too, and yes. but but her husband served her some uh -oh. <laughs> served her some stuff. Okay, and um, if you're just joining us, we're um, <laughs> we're talking to Kelly Bellari, and she is the author of Awakening Courage: Fear Fighting, Awakening Courage to Overcome Your Fears. And her husband confronted her. He, 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 oh yeah, he got her. So Kelly, when, when your husband confronted you and said, look at here, you need to find out what you're supposed to be doing or what you're going to do in life. Okay. Because, um, you, you can't keep going on like this. What, what was the conversation and what were your thoughts when he first said it to you, when he first confronted you? It was like an ABC option choice. It was like, A, I'm going to slap him right now. B, I'm <laughs> going to pull off the tablecloth and all the dishes are going to fly everywhere. <laughs> or C, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to endure what he has to say because mm -hmm. there might be a grain of truth or a nugget that I need to come face to face with so that I can really find God and find the mission that I'm Amen. supposed to live with. And I chose C. And I went home, and I just, you know, I, I sat there and just thought about what he said. It's that feeling, you know, where you're like, no, I don't want this to be true. I don't want to confront what I've been doing wrong. I don't want to see how afraid I am and how stuck I am and how I've gone through, like, 10 different jobs and tried and failed or how I've said I'm going to do all these lofty things and then I never do it. And I just sat in that place and just called out to God and said, God, you know what? I can't, I don't know how to fix myself. I don't know how to change myself. I fooled myself long enough thinking that I can do this on my own. But the truth is, God, I can only do this with you. And maybe there are some people today who need to just sit down and face the facts, face their fear, and say, God, I can't. Hmm. I can't, God, but you can. And then trust. That Savior who saves is going to save, and that He'll pick them up, He'll hold them up along their journey and lead them into where they need to go to find courage and bravery. Hmm. Yes, I love that. And, you know, fear, I, I wrote a book about fear as well, and it, it's mostly about our walls that we put up to keep others at bay, but all the walls that we can construct are based on a foundation of fear. And so that's why, Kelly, you're my sister from another mister, because mm. we have the same heartbeat. We do. We yeah. long to break men and women, especially women, out of the bondage of fear and uniting women in such a powerful way. And I know the first time we spoke and talked about 
about your book, I just felt like our hearts were connected because it's that same yeah. message. And you know, when, when you had text me, you just finished a big summit called uh, Journey to the Summit with some pretty big hitting authors, including our friend Alan Arnold. Amen. And yeah, so Kelly did a great job breaking uh, the bondage of fear in so many lives. And she texts me early one morning because she knows I'm up writing early. And she said, I'm being attacked. And I kind of yeah. rolled my eyes. Did you see me, sister? I'm like, of course you're being attacked. You are a target because you are breaking down barriers and fears and, you know, pe releasing people from bondage. And it was, it was yeah. just, um, so I just prayed over you during that. And can you tell us a little bit about your summit? Well, Donna, you are so fantastic, and I have to say, she felt like a little angel sent by <laughs> God. You know, and we all need those angels, and yes. we need to be those angels. Yes. So I am so grateful for that, Donna. Um, the Journey Together Summit is 34 different authors, and they all speak on different categories of fear, whether it's, um, you know, marriage or things that happen unexpected in life or even intimacy in the bedroom or um, just trials and tribulations. Everything runs a whole gamut of fear. And it, you can learn more about the Journey Together Summit at journeytogethersummit.com. I highly recommend it. And you won't leave there without finding some sort of little nugget of transformation for your life. Awesome. And can listeners still purchase the package, too? Absolutely. Yeah, Good. you can purchase the package and get um, both the general sessions and the practical application sessions so you can just dive into all that good and juicy info. Amen. Wonderful. Um, Kelly, you, you made a, a comment. You said that at some point you figured out you had to find God and find the mission. We've got one more good news story um, about a veteran that donated his kidney to fellow paratroopers. But when we um, after we listen to that, Kelly, I want you to elaborate on finding God for yourself and finding the mission that he had for you. It was the mid-1990s when Kai Johns and Robert Harmon were serving together at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And this is them today, 24 hours after a kidney transplant surgery at MedStar Georgetown University Hospital. I feel 100% better. But that wasn't the case late last year when Kai got terribly sick, or so he thought. The doctor at the urgent care is like, you know, you shouldn't even be standing. You know, how are you even, even vertical at this point? Um, you know, get to the hospital now. Turns out Kai's kidneys failed. He needed a transplant, so he got on hospital donor list. He also decided to use social media to reach out for help. That's when his old army buddy, who he hadn't seen in many years, responded. This Facebook post, it said, uh, a kidney for Kai. And um, I Facebook messaged her and asked her, what can I do to uh, start getting tested? Robert didn't hesitate. He has a wife and kids, but knew it was the right thing to do. The surgery was three hours long, and immediately after the surgery, Kai felt energized with Robert's healthy kidney in place. Kai got like a wonderfully healthy kidney. Dr. Jennifer Verbezi performed the surgery. She applauds Kai for reaching out and Robert for accepting. Just tell people what's going on in your life. If you tell people um, about your illness, and sometimes people are very private and don't ever share it, but if you share what's going on, you'll be shocked at who comes out of the woodwork and wants to help you. Kai says it wasn't just Robert who saw the Facebook plea for help and offered his kidney. Several other friends did too. Robert admits he's uncomfortable after the surgery, but helping his old friend was so worth it. You know, for someone to step up and, and knowingly just save your life, that's it's you, you can't come up with a word for it. 
Amen. Okay, Beatrice, this reminds me of the conversation we had over coffee about not waiting until that diagnosis, not waiting till you're sick to do the things you want to do. You've got a bucket list of things you want to do before you turn 60. And one of them is riding a motorcycle and buying a motorcycle, right? Yes. Uh, As a matter of fact, when I went for my walk this morning, I passed the, the house of this lady. She was just pulling her bike out of her garage. Oh, nice. And it was an Indian, um, Indian scout. Oh, I mean, one of those real chunky bikes. Yes, and stuff. Yes. And I mean, and she's just a little bitty chick, little bitty <laughs> white chick, you know, brunette and stuff. And she came out there with her jeans on her boots on and her little shirt on and stuff. And I said, gone with your bad self sister. That's, right. That's what I'm talking about right there. And she just, you know, she was like, and I told her, I said, I have 587 days until I turn 60. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going uh-huh. to get my license this year. That's right. And she said, girl, come on. She said, the lady that I ride with all the time, she's 60 years old now. I said, girl, I'm going to be right there with y'all. But, you know, it's important that we not allow fears, okay, as we're talking about with our special guest, um, Kelly Bellari, today. Don't let those fears just incapacitate us to the point where we can't even move Mm -hmm. forward. That's right. You know, and and Kelly, before we listen to our our last um, good news story, you said something about finding God and finding the mission. And we've got about three minutes left in this segment. But I I want you to, to, I don't know, give us a little teaser on that because we're going to talk about that some more. This sounds kind of grody. I will totally admit it. (laughs) But you know when your feet get calloused and you have those little just overgrowth of skin on your feet and they become rough and and you're like, you either need to get out like a chainsaw or (laughs) it's one of those two things, (laughs) you know? And so that happens. Well, that is what happens with fear on our heart. (laughs) We get these layers built up over Mm -hmm. our hearts. And they just grow on top of each other to the point where we are so covered up with our layers of protectionism, defenses, excuses, rationalization, fill in the blank, that we are not sensitive to what God is leading us into. And we can't hear his mission. We can't hear his call. We can't walk after his purposes because we are so covered up. And so fear fighting is really about um, kind of like getting the ultimate pedicure, maybe. (laughs) It's about really removing those layers (laughs) and letting the power of God come in. Okay. I like that. That's that's a good analogy. And we're going to talk more about that. Kelly, how do people get in touch with you or or, or get your book? Because I know you're an uh, international speaker. You're a global speaker. And um, your book, how do people get in touch with you for that? People can visit my book webpage at fearfightingbook.com. They can also purchase Fear Fighting on Amazon.com. And they can visit my blog at purposefulfaith.com. Amen. Huh. You know, you, you're bringing up a subject that many of us, and like I told you, I'm, I'm 58 years old, and, and um, there are so many fears that I've had to overcome in my life because of childhood and because of, of, of things that transpired in my life um, much earlier. But um, our audience needs to know that there is help, that God has, has, has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind so that we can go and do the things that he has called us to do for such a time as this. And so if, if you're listening today, um, don't go anywhere. I, I want you to to come back and to listen to Kelly because she's going to give us some nuggets from her book. 
fear fighting. Fear fighting. Awakening courage to overcome your fears. There you go. Yeah. Okay. She's going to give us some nuggets from her book so that you can be free. You can be healed, delivered, and set free from that fear that has been just, just dogging your heels because God didn't give that to you. So Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life here with my good friend, Donna Smith Hetzler. We'll be right back. You stay there because we've got something for you. God bless you. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, this is producer Dave with the good news. You know, Angie's always talking about how much she loves YMCA of the Rockies, but I don't ever get to talk about how much I love YMCA of the Rockies. YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park is located just between Estes and Rocky Mountain National Park. It is the best place. I grew up going there. I went to summer camp when I was a kid. I actually went through the leadership program. I was a camp counselor at YMCA. It is one of the best things. It shaped who I am today. It is really the ideal vacation for everyone. You can do a vacation there. You can have a reunion there. They have weddings. If you want to take your coworkers there, they have conferences. It is the most affordable thing. You don't have to leave the state to go on a really good vacation. If you just want to hang out, you can do that. Or if you want to go on an epic adventure through the mountains, you can also do that. At YMCA the Rockies, they put Christian principles into practice through programs, staff, and facilities in an environment that builds healthy spirit, mind, and body for everyone. It is so affordable. Go to ymcarockies.org for all the information you'll need. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like to tax write off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items and leave you your tax write off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303 303- 238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items about once every month or two and I call 303-238-JANE and they come right to my house with the truck and they pick everything up. Here, check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you and welcome back to The Good News with Angie Austin and friends. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life. I'm here with my good friend Donna Smith-Hetzler of the Jericho Girls and we are talking with our new good friend, Kelly Bellari, the author of Fear Fighting, Awakening Courage to Overcome Your Fears. And I want to read just a, a little bit of the product description that um, is on the Amazon um, page. It says, we all live with fear. It hangs around, whispering in our ears, reminding us of all we can't do or will never be. But that's not the end of the story. We also have a God who draws close to say, fear not. I am. Mm, mm, mm. Ooh, hallelujah. <laughs> let me let me read that part again. We also have a God who draws close to say, fear not. I am with you. The spirit transforms us into fear fighters women breaking free of trepidation to find bold dedication to god's peace purpose and joy filled 
callings. Hallelujah. Welcome back, Kelly. We just, I'm excited. When I read that, (laughs) I just got uh, even more excited because, you know, it, it seems to be our sisters that, um that battle the fear demon most i mean you know men hide it well they you know men go through some stuff and 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 they may be a little bit fearful but you never know it but with us with with our sisters Mm -hmm. you know we have so much stuff that's behind the scenes and it's so hard for us to break um break apart from the fear and now in our first segment I had you to to talk a little bit about finding God and finding the mission. And this was after you had a, a, a confrontation from your husband who told you, you look at him, you, you need to <laughs> look at here. You need to find out what you're supposed to be doing. OK, we ain't doing this anymore. You need to go in there and get before God and find your stuff. <laughs> and you you said you admitted yourself that you were like, I'm going to slap him. But you didn't. You just listened. The but spirit of slap came over her, but slap. she didn't yes. <laughs> follow through. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So, Kelly, tell us more about this book. Tell us tell us how we can get over ourselves so that we can get to the place that God wants us to be and let go of this doggone fear. Yes. Well, I said, you know, in, the, in what you read in that little excerpt, that fear goes with us in our day and it sleeps with us during our night. And I like to think about fear as being our worst best friend. Like, I think we can remember back when we were a kid and we'd have that girlfriend and we were talking about how girls and relationships and women we all fear, right? You can remember that friend and she'd be like, I'm not going to be your best friend anymore unless you yes. fill in the blank, yes. you know? Yes. And we felt kind of like tied together with this girl, perhaps. Mm-hmm. or somebody who bullied us, and that's what fear is like. Fear is some something that we know. It's like a friend that we know. It speaks over us. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, you're always going to be this way. Oh, the past determines who you are. Oh, you'll fall down in the future, or if you stay married to this guy, you're going to be miserable forever. You know, mm-hmm. it speaks these things, and a lot of times we just live with this friend because we've always known these words, we've always dwelled with them, and it feels comfortable, it feels usual, it feels predictable. And so it's very important to come to a place and say, you know what, I'm not okay with this friend anymore. God, um, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and if it's not peace that's dwelling in my mind, it's confusion and it's not from Jesus. And so to make, draw a line in the sand and to say, what's really happening with me? And is this something that belongs in the temple of God or do I need to throw it out? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Preacher girl. (laughs) Go girl. (laughs) That's good right there. Go ahead, Donna. Well, your book opens up with Fear Fighters Unite. And I love that. And it says coming to God, jumpy, jittery, and just needing help. How do we even identify that we need help? You know, because my family, I come from a family of fear and control, and they just can't come to a point where they can see that they need help. And one person in my family can, the other one doesn't want to see. So how do we come to God, jumpy, jittery, and saying, okay, God, I need help for this? How do we identify that? The first step is to say, okay, notice the fear fighters unite. Okay, that means that you are not alone. Mm. There are other fears out there just like you. There are people who are nervous, 
stressed out, anxiety-ridden, who can't sleep at night, who are controlling, managing, and you are not alone, okay? This is not something unknown to man and just specific to your own life. The second step is to watch for the signals that are happening in your life. You need to come to terms with what you are doing to yourself. And fear does not only wreck you, but it wrecks the lives of those around you. And I feel like I'm being a little bit tough right now, but sometimes tough love is what kind of is like the bucket that pours the ice over our head that helps us to make the change that then changes our life, that changes our whole world. Mm -hmm. So I feel that somebody needs that right now, and we're going to go with that place. You know, for me, I walked down into the basement with my son. He was drawing a little picture. He's five years old. He's drawing a little picture. And and I said, what's that? He's that person. He said, Mommy, that's you. And I said, oh, that's me, honey. And he goes, yeah. And he had that little bubble up on the head, you know, where you write in the words on there. And I said, well, what am I thinking right there? And he goes, mommy, you're thinking about yourself. Oh. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you see, that's what happens with control and with fear. It's the endless cycling of me, myself, and I. And today I just want to encourage the listeners, there is a new way for you. You know, you, you've got two two men in your house <laughs> that don't mind confronting you. <laughs> They're like, what? It's, it's you, Mommy. It's you. You're thinking about yourself. <laughs> but, you know, just think about some of these, um, some of our sisters that have really been through a lot of stuff, okay, a lot of stuff from childhood, you know, whether it was abuse, molestation, um, just um, rejection, any of those things that would keep a, a person down, especially a female down. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you reconcile that with being a, uh, a fear fighter? You know, how do you reconcile that with being the, the conqueror that God has called us in his word? Let me tell you that those things are not absent in my own life, mm-hmm. but, and you used a very great phrase. You said, there are women who have had these things that have held them down. My question to these women are, are they going to continue mm. to be held down, mm. or are they going to get up and get off of that place of hurt and pain and shame and humiliation and disgrace, get up and leave that room today, right now? Mm. Because mm. they don't have to be held down any longer. Come on. They don't have to be held down any longer. That's right. You see, the past, the enemy comes to try to keep us dwelling in the past and in our places of darkness. But Jesus came as light and to bring us into the light. And we got to step outside of that room, step outside of that shame or that embarrassment or that place of ridicule and move on out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, people-pleasing keeps us stuck there, too. Oh, yes, Lord. And I think you addressed that as well. But I, I battled with that for a long time, people-pleasing, especially mm-hmm. in my own family. And my husband, Kelly, sounds a lot like yours. He kicks me in the butt. You know, if, if, I, if I, speaking of butts, if I come in an outfit and say, does my butt look big? Sometimes he'll say yes. <laughs> you asked. You know, you're not asking All me right. to lie, are you? So, I mean, he's somebody who just, you know, is a, a truth giver. And And so I was a people pleaser for many, many years. I wanted to please my family. I felt that, you know, I I would feel so good about myself if I could just please everybody. But I was juggling so many balls, keeping them all up in the air that I found myself exhausted. And so I believe as women, we stay stuck there because we also want to be nice. We want to please people. We want people to like us. So how do we get past that, uh, that huge issue of people pleasing? Kelly? 
Donna, I so relate. I understand your struggle, and I think it's many of our struggles. You know, I would meet a girl. Like, I'd go out, and I'd go to this new environment, maybe with potential friends or a gathering of women, and I'd go and talk to the girl, and I'd be like, oh, she wants me to be the smart one. She's smart, because she wants me to be smart. So i just all of a sudden put on this facade of smartness, and then I'd meet the other girl, and she was funny, so I'd try to be funny to please her. And I realized... I was trying to be everything to everyone mm. that I became nothing to myself. I lost myself yep. because I was always wearing different facades, and I didn't even know what I liked anymore. I actually got an eating disorder, and I weighed like 90 pounds or 85 wow. pounds or some ridiculous amount of weight where when my knees slept at night, like it was really painful, and I'd cry, and it was ugly, and, and my stomach wouldn't stop gurgling and doing all that stuff. and. And it was because I felt like I needed to be an image or a copy or production of the world. And Mm. God didn't create us. Creator didn't create us to look like a copy of somebody else's image. He created each of us uniquely with our own strengths and weaknesses um, for His glory. And sometimes His glory shines out of our weakness just as beautifully as it does our strengths. And it's an embracing of that. It's a learning to um, to love yourself. You know, God says, love your neighbor as yourself, a learning to love yourself so that you can love others well. Absolutely. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking with our new friend, Kelly Bellari, and she wrote a book called Fear Fighting, Awakening Courage to Overcome Your Fears. And I remember talking to you on the phone, Kelly, and um, we had talked about when you first heard that your book was selected by Kathy Lee Gifford as a favorite thing on her show, on the Today Show, and how you had just come out of your room in prayer, uh, getting ready to launch this book, and you totally uh, surrendered control to God, and you said, I cannot do this launch, Lord. This is totally up to you. And then then you found out the news. Can you share that with us? Absolutely. Yeah, I just was just spread out because it was right before the launch and my husband was supposed to be manning the house and the kids were on like Christmas vacation. It just was not going to be happening. And I just turned off my phone. I laid down, like you said, Donna, and just gave it all to God. And I just felt God just saying to me, Kelly, you can really do nothing. You know, I do everything. Mm -hmm. And then the joy at turning my phone back on literally right after that realization. And God, when we come to Him and we admit our inability, He just pours out ability onto us. He just he equips us like he just like dumps in everything in into our body and our soul and our spirit and our mind and our will that we could possibly need to do his will. And mm-hmm. so I just wanted to speak over everyone today that you don't have to have every answer lined up. You don't know have to know how you're gonna be fearless or how you're gonna find courage because the King of Kings, he has the whole map laid out to the city of your renewal, and you just need to go with him, and then he's going to bring you there. Mm. I love that. And that, I mean, that transitions right into control. I mean, we try to control so many things, and I'm raising my hand here because I'm a recovering control freak, you know, and I got that from my mom. She's very controlling, too, and I used to think it was a good thing. It's like, I'm in control. I'm in control. I got this, and, you know, I'm good, God, and I'm running way ahead. But actually, control um, 
it actually stops us from receiving those blessings because Kelly, you laid everything at the feet of Jesus and you said, I can't do this by myself. You release control to God and look at that blessing. So when we control, sometimes we give up that blessing that God's trying to give us. He's like, girl, just open your hands. So how do we get past that fear of releasing control? Because as women, we want to control everything, right? I mean, if I can just control my husband, nothing will ever go wrong in our marriage. If I can watch my child a little bit closer, nothing will ever happen to him or her. And if I can hold on to my money just a little bit tighter, I'll always have enough. Kelly, tell us how we release control. Donna, it's so true. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up my famous husband again, because he literally <laughs> just said something to me like three days ago that I was like, oh, wow, that's really good. And so we're going to talk about my husband again. And he said to me, Kelly, when you, those people who control are really the most out of control. Mm. And I thought, oh, wow, that's good. That's real good. <laughs> um, and it resonated with my heart because really, if you are in, say, the most, the nicest place in the world, and it's like low crime, and you're just taking control, you're really at risk because you're the one in control. But if you are in the most dangerous part of the world, say a terrorism-laden area, and there's just hmm. gun shooting off, the God is in control, and yes. he's leading your way, you're the safest woman in the whole world. That's right. And you see, it's really his control that gives us safety. And so when we try to just grab that into our own hands, we lose his covering. Mm-mm. And, you know, it's so true what you said about being if, if you're in a war torn um, vicinity and, and uh, you got shells, people shooting all throughout the night and stuff. You are more likely to say things like, oh, Lord, please help my family. Please cover That's my right. family, Father. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. Lord, 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 Lord. But if you're in that safe place, if you're in the mansion, if you're in the, the, the gated community, you know, it's like, well, we got this covered. Okay, we, we're mm-hmm. good. We're good, y'all. <laughs> but you're not. Yes. Because that's when you forget about God. That's when you forget yes. that He is sovereign and He has His sovereign hand on you, on your family, on your life. And so it's important that as we give everything over to him that we recognize that it's god and not us you know i can't stand hearing people talking about well i'm a self-made this that or the other Mm, no you're not that's right okay you better be trying to say no i'm a god-made woman okay i'm our family (laughs) is god-made because then you know we don't have to walk around in fear we can walk around in faith knowing that it's god that is doing exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think according to his power at work in us amen it's so true losing yourself is actually gaining coverage god peace joy life out of everything yes gaining everything yes amen amen Wow, Kelly, you, you've got a, a winner on your hands, girl, fear fighting, mm. awakening courage to overcome your fears. That's, that's a winner because in this day and age that we're in right now, fear is so prevalent because we don't know what's going to happen one minute to the next. We don't know what's going to come out of the White House, the Red House, the Blue House, or the Outhouse. We don't know. You know. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, and we have to put our hands in God's unchanging hands. Kelly, we, we've got about a, a minute and a half left. I, I want you to do two things. I want you to tell us again how to get in touch with you, and then I want you to give some final words to that person that's walking in fear right now. You can find me at 
PurposefulFaith.com or www.fearfightingbook.com. I also want you to know right now, no matter where you are, whether you're riding in your car, whether you're sitting at home, whether you're in the office, and whether whether this message is striking just you really deep in your heart or whether it's just making you ponder new changes, that God sees you. He sees you. He sees your struggle. He sees your predicament. You are not outside his care, and he goes with you. God is with you. He will not forsake you. He will not abandon you. Whatever it is that you have from your past that you fear or regret, there is a covering of Jesus's blood that is over you, and that means that you are forgiven, so you can go forward a new way today. And I just want to bless you. I want to bless you as you go forth. I want to encourage you to pray to God and to believe that He will guide you. God doesn't forsake anyone, and He's not going to forsake you. Amen. Thank you so much. Well, God bless y'all today. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Good News with Angie Austin and friends. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life, here with my good friend Donna smith Hetzler, And we've been talking with Kelly Bellary, the author of Fear Fighting, Awakening Courage to Overcome Your Fears. God bless you, and we love you with the love of Jesus. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, it's Angie. You know, if you're a kid and one of your parents has cancer, a lot of the focus is taken off you as a kid and put on your parent, but also a lot of the finances are put into the treatment of the parent. Well, kids still need to be kids. And so that's where the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation comes in. My friend Adam Katz helps the families, helps the kids whose parents are suffering through cancer. Let's say they need help with their tuition or a music class or dance class or art therapy. All of those things are paid for. You can get in touch with Adam. He would love to have your help. How would you like to sponsor a kid for a dance class? And it's a great way for the kid to get away from all that cancer treatment and to be a kid again. So please get in touch with Adam Katz at the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation. It's named after his wife, whom he lost to cancer. You can contact Adam at 720-530-9482. 720-530-9482. You can get more information at DoreenKatzMemorial.org. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shop. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. Hi there, friends. Well, your kid's on vacation, right? Maybe your grandkid's on vacation. Uh, You know, school vacation, summer, it's time for fun. Maybe the tech needs to go on vacation. Joining us to talk about this, the iPad vacation, is Arlene Pellicane, author and speaker, uh, specifically referring to her book, Growing Up Social, this afternoon. Welcome, Arlene. 
Thank you so much. It's good to be here, Angie. You know what? Those iPads, they sure do get a lot of use, don't they? So they are probably exhausted this summer and they need a rest. So it's like, and I, I think one of the major battles in the summertime is, okay, how much screen time, how much time is my kid going to spend on this iPad? And I know my husband, you know, we're in our 40s and he remembers summer is like, outside all day, with your bike all day, going on adventures with your friends. Like this is what he pictures as summer. And when he thinks of our children <laughs> sitting and like being on a screen, it just drives him absolutely bananas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. My kids have, uh, it's like three and a half hours that they're at the pool in the morning for swim team because yeah. each of them has a different time. Like okay. one goes an hour and a half, then another goes an hour, then another goes 50 minutes. So yeah. they're there a long time. And then sometimes they have private lessons after that. So yeah. that really gives them outdoor time. And then we have outdoor sports in the summer, softball and baseball, and, yeah. and just ended soccer. So they're out all the time. All the time. Wow, that's fantastic. And, and so for a parent, it's really thinking through, okay, what are the kinds of things I can schedule in the day that are not screen time related Mm -hmm. and then having some kind of rules of this is what we're going to do with our screens, not just giving them carte blanche because if a child is able to use it whenever they want, you know what the default is going to be. It's like, okay, let's play more games. Let's do this. And so we have decided to give the iPad a break. Now our family does, we have a lot of technology, but we do not own an iPad. But my son had a school iPad, you know, all school year. And so when he had to turn that thing in at the end of the school year, I was like, good, (laughs) like we can have an iPad free summer. So if it's that simple for you, that it's something that you can put away for the summer, go for it. But if it's not that simple for you. It's like, that's really crazy. Then you can think about with your children, okay, is there going to be an iPad free day? Uh, Or maybe you have iPad free days, five days of the week, and then two days of the week, they can use it just to kind of get them used to that rhythm. So just think, you know, how can we creatively put uh, our iPad on vacation this summer? I love the idea of putting the iPad on vacation. Also, though, the phone for the kids, a lot of them use that just like an iPad. Totally. So, you know, it's important for parents to set limits. Yes. And and one limit that a lot of kids may rail against is that, the, oh, you know, the, I, the, your phone needs a vacation overnight. Like you need to charge it in my room and you're not going to use it from whatever, even midnight to six o'clock in the morning or something. So that way they can get caught up on their rest that they have probably been missing all school year because, oh, 2 a.m. Someone texted me. 4.30, someone just texted they won a video game. 5.30, someone just texted they just woke up. You know, it's like your child doesn't need that kind of interruption all night long. Yeah, and that little ping that they get is so exciting they don't want to turn it off. Yeah. And so we as parents have to protect them from that lack yes. of sleep situation and put the phone somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So the phone goes on vacation as well. Overnight is a great place to start. All right. Some parents will tell me things like, well, you know, he won't stop or she won't give me the phone to charge in the kitchen or, you know, they won't cooperate. And I just am like, I I, I, recently some parents said at a a game, he wouldn't get out of bed. That's why we're late. And that's like my husband and I would dump water on their head. Like, I don't care. They're getting out of bed. We couldn't believe the dad like would say that to the coach. Like, oh, he just wouldn't get out of bed. 
Right. And so we are giving too much power to our kids to think, oh, we can't get them to do that. And so just think, okay, this is not an option. Like, how can I get my child to do this? And the whole idea that, you know, not every parenting thing you do, your child isn't going to say, oh, thank you, mom and dad, for your excellent skills and for looking out for me. You know, they don't have that kind of maturity, but just in the same way, you'd make them brush their teeth. You would make them eat a vegetable. You would make them attend a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment. You just have to think, okay, with their phone or with their iPad, they might not like what I'm making them do. And maybe because their friends have a more lenient plan that you think, oh, maybe I should second guess myself and I'm not doing the right thing. No, you can make your child do whatever it is that you think is best for your kids. So don't be so lenient. You can do this. And you know what? When they grow up, they don't regret that they had boundaries. Oftentimes when they grow up, they regret if they didn't have any boundaries. That's what they uh, oftentimes say they wish their parents would have actually held them to certain standards. All right, how can I find you, Arlene? ArlenePelican.com. Excellent. Thanks, Arlene. Thanks so much, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.